Glad you joined in to listening to the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast. Carter and Jacob here today as we move on into week eight of the Genesis Journal, where the grim story of Sodom and Gomorrah is told. What does this story serve as an example of? God's judgment, yes, but how can we talk about Jesus in this story? We'll see what our spotlight scripture says in Jude about the perversion of grace or twisting of grace displayed in these cities, but also in the walk of Christians even today, and specifically what we should be diligently looking out for and doing in light of this story. All right, so let's get started. Our vision is to give every baseball player around the world the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, respond to the message, and grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast with Full Count Ministries. Okay, Jacob, we are in week eight in Genesis 18 and 19. And we are coming up onto the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, which is a, another tough story to, to read through and to understand, comprehend, and glean something from it. Uh, what are your thoughts on these couple chapters? Well, uh, one, one theme uh, that I think we should spend most of our time today on the podcast talking about is the seriousness of sin. I think as I've read uh, through these chapters and study these chapters, um, uh, just uh, the, the power of sin, the seriousness of sin, uh, the punishment for sin, all of these things come to mind and this is not new as we've been reading through genesis this is a theme that we've seen seen since genesis 3 when uh, adam and eve uh, rebel against god they trust themselves rather than god and uh, they sin against god and there is we see the consequence of that scene they're thrown from the garden uh, they're given um, uh, Adam's given a punishment, Eve's given a punishment, and ultimately the ser- serpent's given a punishment. And then you fast forward, uh, just the next story, you see the sin of Cain and Abel, uh, the sin against one another, uh, which all sin, I think we're seeing to this point, is sin against another person uh, and ultimately against God. But it's not only against God, it's against others as well. So you see that and you just see the downward spiral of sin until you get to before the flood when God you know, regrets that he's made uh, mankind because every inclination of their heart is evil all the time. So you get that and then uh, you just continue to see it. And then here is just another classic case at the end of chapter 18 and uh, beginning of chapter or all of chapter 19 you see uh, Abraham just pleading with God uh, 
uh, you know, going on behalf of, of Sodom, saying, what if there's 50? What if there's 40 righteous people? What if there's 30 righteous people? Will you spare them? Uh, you know, pleading with them. You don't, you don't punish the innocent with the guilty, God. And God's saying, ultimately, that there's none righteous in this, in this town. And then you just in, in 19, uh, just uh, 19 verse 26, when you see a simple command not to look back uh, again, uh, when God tells Lot not to look back, to, to go, uh, when, when he's fleeing from Sodom. And in verse 26, it says, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So just a, just how serious sin is and the consequence that it has and then you see at the end of this chapter sin doesn't end with the act itself or the the consequence uh, uh that happens right after the sin uh, we see here this little uh, a very concerning and weird passage with lot and his daughters at the end of chapter 19 um where the daughters get them drunk, sleep with them, uh, sleep with their dad, and have uh, children. And you see here that um, in verse 36 it says, uh, So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites, Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him ben Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites today. And you're going to see over generations to come and throughout the rest of the Old Testament the, the, um, the battle and the conflict between the Israelites and the Moabites and the Amorites. And so you see this sin here that lasts generations and generations and generations. So here I, I really want us to think about and think through as we read these chapters this week the seriousness of sin and how God have a God-sized view of what sin is and the consequences of sin in our personal lives and other people's life that we sin against and ultimately in uh, our relationship and our standing before God. All right, so let's jump into the spotlight for this week, for week eight, Sodom and Gomorrah on page 102 in the journal. Uh, Jacob, could you read Jude chapter 1, verses 3 through 7 for us? So the scripture says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immortality, for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt 
but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling. These he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Yeah, so in this chapter, it's the uh, the other side of the coin, as uh, you know, we talked about in last week's episode. We talked about how people try to obtain righteousness by the their works or by keeping the law and doing right things and uh, not believing in what Jesus has done for us and and knowing that he did that for us on the cross and that there was no way for us to work ourselves there. But this week, people uh, that Jude is talking about, they, uh, yeah, they believe that they're, they're saved, but they don't develop that relationship with God and turn from sin in their normal daily life. They do what they want to do and what it says, pervert the grace of God. Uh, they twist the grace of God. So um, Jude gives two examples here while, while you're reading that that uh, I want to point out. Um, in uh, the deliverance out of Egypt, uh, the people, yes, they were saved out of slavery, and they looked saved, um, and they were making their way to the promised land, but uh, they were later, it says later destroyed. Uh, they died in the wilderness or uh, along that way they died, They ended up dying. Um, there was also, and it says in verse 6, that there were angels that were with God but fell uh, from his presence, fell out of his, uh, didn't keep their positions of authority. So in both those examples, we see that they uh, knew God uh, in a sense, but they didn't. Um, repent from their sins along the way in their relationship with God. And it, it kind of made me think about a husband and wife's relationship. And that's what the New Testament talks about. We are the bride of Christ. We are uh, being prepared to be uh, married to Christ as the head and the husband. Um, but, you know, in our relationship with him, we don't go off and do whatever we want to do and expect him to uh, to continue that relationship with us. So we need to be really careful and reflect daily on, hey, what what are some sins that we need to uh, to put to death? Um, so does all that make sense, Jacob? Yeah, uh, uh, makes perfect sense. Like you, it's not. You know, you, we think grace in our culture, especially, uh, we have such a low view of sin and such a high view of, of grace, meaning that, you know, if we say a prayer or if we believe or if we say we believe or raise a hand or if we go to church, if we do a couple, you know, if we do these things, then we can live however we want to and we, we, 
are okay because we're not saved by how we live. We're saved by grace and through faith. And so I believe, so the grace of God covers me. And this uh, spotlight is all about how that perverts grace, how that cheapens grace. And, um, you know, Paul talked a lot about this in his letters that, you know, where sin, uh, where sin increases, grace increases all the more. So does that give us a license to sin? No, not at all. That that gives us a license to uphold righteousness, to, to walk by faith, to, to walk by the Spirit. And so uh, I think it is a, a, a clear, um, uh, maybe an eye-opening moment where we should step back and look at the sin in our own life um, and thank God for His grace and His mercy that he has not destroyed us like Lot's wife and has not turned us into a pillar of salt for our disobedience towards him. So we should thank God for him and then we should fight against sin in our life. We should take it as serious as God does here because it affects others and ultimately it affects our relationship with God. Yeah, so the the last question in your Gospel Spotlight this week says, question 7 on page 103 in your Genesis journal says, what are some sins that you or we, maybe as a group or a, uh, individually or as a group, I think both of those words are important there, what are some sins that you or we need to put to death? And I think you would do very well in your time together this week to uh, just to meditate on look inside your heart look inside your life and think about some sins uh, that are um, that are destroying relationships with other people or keeping you from having a relationship with God and repent of those turn from those sins this week you have enjoyed this episode of the training for an eternal crown podcast you can visit our website for more resources and also find this podcast on all major platforms full count ministries exist to create disciples using the game of baseball we are a non-profit ministry and if you have benefited from this resource we would encourage you to consider donating to the cause to reach every baseball player with the gospel giving them the opportunity to respond to the gospel and then to grow in the relationship with jesus please like subscribe and share this podcast so that you can play a part in accomplishing the mission that god has put on our hearts for baseball players around the globe.